We're in business to save the planet, and we use making clothes to do that. The cure for depression is action. Every one of us has to step up and do what you can according to what your resources are. That was the voice of Patagonia's Yvonne Chouinard. And this is Type 2, a podcast from Looking Sideways in association with Patagonia that explores the intersection between the outdoors, action sports and activism. In each show, I've been meeting people who are using their passion and involvement with the cultures we all love to create change. We've been discussing the issues they're involved in, the change they're seeking to create, the difficulties involved and the rewards that follow. This one definitely fits that bill because my guest is skier, cyclist, journalist, news correspondent and presenter, Kamie Nzerum. Kamie's a passionate outdoorsman and has been involved in the outdoor scene in the UK for years, notably as head judge at the Kendall Mountain Festival, which is pretty much how I first met him, and more recently as an articulate and passionate spokesperson on the topic of diversity in the outdoors. And that's what this episode of Type 2 is all about. Some context for the last couple of years... Myself, Kami, and a big group of individuals, agencies and brands who work in the European outdoor and creative industries have been involved in the establishment of a, a non-profit initiative called Opening Up the Outdoors, Alto, as we uh, nicknamed it, uh, which is really about trying to further the inclusion, education and enjoyment of outdoor spaces by people of the global majority. As a group, we came together in the wake of the Black Lives Matter protests with the goal of doing something tangible to help create an outdoor community and industry that is truly diverse, equitable, anti-racist and accessible. To do so, Alto partnered with entrepreneurship organisation Hatch and we came up with something called the Alto Changemaker Programme. What this basically means is that grassroots groups from across the UK who've already been doing this work could apply for this fund, which was financed by the brands that we work with um, and the ones that got through Um, are receiving expert-led masterclasses, peer mentoring, business coaching, skill consulting, and are basically being given the tools to make these side hustles they've been doing a bit more of a going concern. So Alto officially launched at the beginning of September 2022. Um, So to mark the occasion, and to go into the concept in much more detail, because I imagine you've probably got a few questions after listening to that little intro by me, I headed up to London to see Kami and to discuss the entire thing, as you might expect from one of the UK's most recognisable and respected broadcasters. Kami is a peerless communicator. He's also a close friend, so it's great to see him. Um, It was an absolute pleasure to discuss the whole thing with him and his own relationship to the issues Alto was formed to try and help resolve. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Stick around at the end for some more details about Alto and how you can get involved. But in the meantime, here's me and Kami. Enjoy. You've done this before. Go on, gives you gives you level. Hey Matt, Kami Enzerum talking to you in my garden on a overcast uh, September day. In your I've, beautiful garden, may I say? I, I managed to managed to mow half the lawn before you got here. Right, in, in an act of kind of you know garden garden pride are you green fingered i was once upon a time but yeah. then life got in the way yeah you know it's i a, wish i had more time to poke about in the undergrowth i just read this really good book called orwell's roses by rebecca solnit have you ever heard of her i haven't um it's about <laughs> i mean talk about niche it's about <laughs> george orwell 
um, through the prism of his passion for gardening. Um, and it's really good. Mm. Yeah, there's a, re there's a really good bit in it where he, she, obviously she's quoting from all his works and his letters. Yeah. He says something like, um, if you actually seriously want to leave a legacy from your life, you know, forget art, forget, um, just plant a tree. <laughs> I like that. It'll outlast you. It'll be way more useful than anything you do with your pitiful little life. <laughs> it's like, go I'm, on, George. I'm visualizing the roots. Go on, George. Yes, the harsh indeed. truth. E e Eric Blair's um, Green Fingers. Yeah, good though. Recommend it. I'm on it. Yeah. So how are you? We were just chatting about, we're, we're chatting the morning after <laughs> Yvonne Chouinard's um, what would you call it? Declaration of, um, you know, the Patagonia news that basically he's, he's, he's voluntarily giving it up, handing the company over. Um, so yeah. it feels fitting to maybe get your opinion on that initially. Yeah, yeah I, I, look, surface level, it's um, it's clearly significant. Now, I'm sure there will be lots of people that say, okay, well, he's wealthy enough to be able to do that. Um, but um, I, I think the way that I read it, was there's a different way to run an organization and um we really should all be thinking about you know it's that kind of metaphor think not what your country can do for you but what you can do for your country if we, if we approached our work lives especially when we end up accumulating influence and power mm. if we approached our our work lives um with a with a much more strategic and, and systemic lens yeah uh and and reassess this constant need to accumulate and consume um you know i mean it's a patagonia is a manufacturing company they make stuff yeah they try and you know obviously they're trying to mitigate uh, to a certain degree don't they but at the end of the day they're, they're, still, st they're still making stuff yeah. right um so then what do you do well uh think really hard and deep about how you can make the world a better place so yeah i i I think you'd have to be a pretty cold-hearted cynic yeah. to to not think that this is a you know quite a gauntlet being thrown down. Yeah, I agree. I mean, obviously, this is a Patagonia back podcast, so you don't want to get too <laughs> too hagiographic about this. If I can throw that word in this early, um, but that's kind of how I read it as well. I thought it was really interesting the way it was framed as like a challenge to capitalism rather than a, being about climate change per se. I mm. mean recently what i've been thinking is you know obviously we live in the uk there's a lot of international listeners that listen to this but in the uk we're obviously going through like a pretty particular moment with the house cost of living crisis yeah. i'm thinking of in particular and that is that is a demonstration about how you know sharp end disaster capitalism if you like has brutal impacts on people mm. and i've been really dis it, it feels to me you know i'm obviously left-leaning it, it feels to me that like we do actually need a look at the the systems in place. Now, I'm not talking about that dismantling the state. Like I'm just talking about the fact that like what what, what would be on your piece of paper if you well, were, just it's wait, more like where's blank the, piece of paper? When yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's just more like where's the leadership? Where's yeah. the where's the kind of vision for a, a different way it could be? I, I heard a podcast with Keir Starmer. Mm. He's on that Rest Is Politics podcast of the week with Rory Stewart and Alice Campbell. I was really disappointed mm. because and. To be fair, Rory Stewart, he really pushed him. He was really like, come on, what's your actual vision? Mm. Like, what, what, what's your... And don't just come out with the platitudes. Like, what do you actually think? And it, I was really disappointed because he basically said, like, we need to use the existing system that's in place mm. to, to make the changes. And I was a bit like, that's... I don't think that's almost... Yeah, I don't, but, it, I don't think that's, but if, if, you, if you're the lead... Not, not that, you know, 
uh, I'm thinking in practical and pragmatic Of course, terms. of course. If you are the leader of the, the leader of the, the Her and Majesty, want, and His to, Majesty's uh, official opposition. And you want to get elected. And you want to get elected. If As soon as you start talking... You know, suggesting radical ideas are the only way forwards. Then you, you know, and 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 that has always been, of course, the the uh, the, the, the challenge for the Labour movement is, is that it ha- clearly has got some, you know, it is a it is a big tent, and you end they're way less ruthless than the Tories. Spoken like a true centrist dad, <laughs> but you get my point. Yeah. And just to bring it back to this conversation, like I find it very refreshing to see somebody in a position of great influence and, yeah. and leadership to actually do something which is just you know subverting the status quo and saying like well you know we can do it a different way mm. and uh, and and yeah he's a billionaire or, or whatever that's the phrase His family are comfortable yeah you know but at least at least mm. it's an idea i mean i guess the que- the question is um the question then becomes, and and one would start with the outdoors industry, given that for a for a very long time, Patagonia as a brand have um, been about sustainability and and good working practice and the rest of it. Now we see a lot of other brands that are uh, working very, you know, circular production and sustainable sustainable production methods. That is, and these are ideas that are being taken on by lots of organisations in the industry. Yeah. But to then take the next step to have purpose, give away your company, put profits into trust, whatever you want to call it. Um, what The question is, what is the journey that other brands in our industry and ergo other industries would need to go through to get there? To, get there? to emulate that. Be- yeah, because if, if, you're, yeah. if you're 50 year history, if you're raison d'etre, if your brand is all yeah. about this. Well, they're an outlier, it, it, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. It, it, be, it becomes an, you know, a, a logical next step in yeah. a sense. But I, it, it would evidently be much harder for for other brands to, in the first place, adopt that mindset and then do it. Well, particularly a shareholder-led brand, yeah. But yeah. I, I, yeah, and, exactly. and obviously, who's, who's obviously, obviously that's totally valid, but... Mm. It's certainly changed the conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and I, what and what I'm excited about is the impact that it has outside the industry. Of course, because, because that, that because less you know we're, there's money in outdoor. Yeah, but it's you it's know, tiny. We're not talking you know FM. You know it's it's not high street consumables, is it? Yeah, I just got you the know. train up to see you, and you know on the billboard in Victoria Station, it's one of the lead stories. You right. know, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's it's going to have enormous cut through. Yeah. Um, because billionaire gives company away. Um, for climate crisis being the, the top line headline is clearly mm. quite mental <laughs> yeah, yeah. when it comes to the mainstream discourse around capitalism and climate change. Sure. So for me, you know, I, I think I just I had a couple of messages on Instagram, people saying, oh, well, what does it rechange? Mm. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, yeah, I guess you could demand that it just close the company. You know, that would obviously be the logical best thing that you could do. Mm. Um, but I don't think you can deny that it is a fairly significant act of change. Personally. Yeah, and I think it gives energy to the whole, I, you know, the whole discussion around double bottom lines and the rest of it. And it will enable, hopefully, it enables some of the more aggressive ends of the kind of investment cycle to at least be able to have the conversation. In a, you know, in a you know, so much VC is about well, when's the return and when is the sale. Uh, uh, let us hope. That, that conversation at least can start to take on other ideas yeah. seriously yeah. rather than 
not even entertaining in the first place. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So mm. um, let's talk about Alto opening yeah. up the outdoors, which is really what I wanted to have the chat with you about today, because um, I think it's two years we've been working on this now. Well, it, de- it it depends who you ask. I think for some people, it's been their life's work, hasn't it? I think. Um, but I but think in it was two two summers ago, we had those first meetings, didn't we? Uh, I yeah, it was kind of be- beginning of the year. Yeah. yeah. So it's been quite a quite a time, and and I'm deli- you know really really excited that we have actually. Mm. Um, obviously, we've been doing the work for a while. We've been running a running a changemaker fund, working with grassroots pioneers. But we actually launched. We have now actually launched, and it's really exciting. Yeah. So, for people listening, mm. first two questions: tell me about the genesis of it. Yeah. Um, and then tell me what it is. Yeah. So, Alto is opening up the outdoors, and it is a very, very focused, very determined, and very intentional coalition that is working to make outdoors outdoor adventure world outdoor sport a welcoming safe inclusive place for and i'm going to use a range of terms here because depending on where you're hearing this around the world it will mean different things yeah a safe place for ethnically diverse communities bipoc people people of color black and brown people and this came from really actually decades of work, slow, quiet work from some people, from, from some campaigners. Phil Young, uh, who is a friend of your podcast and lots of people, most lots featured, of you listening to you Most now. featured guest. I bet he is. He was supposed to be here today. I think that would have been um, appearance number five if you'd have made it. Lucky him. Uh, why, why, why have I not got five invites? You're on man? two. You're on oh, two. Right, Come on. Okay. Uh, so people like Phil Young have been asking the outdoor industry, the outdoor community for years. We are the global majority. Why do so few of us feel welcome in outdoor spaces? And I caveat i'm i'm consider myself to be very lucky and to have a significant amount of privilege and access and surety myself and i've generally always felt comfortable it's what i love it's what i do but i know that lots of people don't and i it's just on a very very basic human level everyone listening to this enjoys outdoor adventure sport for many many different reasons why on earth would we not want to spread the love Anyway, after George Floyd died, was murdered, the conversation accelerated in lots of industries, but in our industry too. And a bunch of brands and community groups and organizations got together and thought, you know what, the time we've been talking and it's yada, 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 and talk to the hand and manana, manana, the time is now to do something. And we realized the best way to try and shift the dial to force the agenda to make sure that black and brown people terminology notwithstanding are part of our world that we feel fully welcome and included is to accelerate the work that a lot of grassroots pioneers are already doing because it is not actually true that we aren't out there we are there 
it's just our numbers are not representative of our population and our demographic and of course yeah in the uk for example we're very generally an urbanized population but people go on holiday to the highlands and the lake district for a week you know it's not just going for a walk in the afternoon right so we i i was asked to help facilitate the conversation and bring people together and figure out what we were going to do and we decided that the best way to do this is to set up a mini mba if you like for the kinds of people that are already running groups like muslim hikers you know does what it says on the tin <laughs> black trail runners black trail runners yeah. does what it says on the tin wave wahinis a um, women's surfing group, but particularly focuses on um, women from diverse ethnic communities. These people are already running organizations that are getting people that look like me out into the outdoors. Often these organizations are community groups, they're side bets, people are hustling, 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 man. They've got day jobs, yeah. they've got kids, they've got families, and they're running these things in the afternoon and the evening and the rest of it but they want them to grow. And the, the, the missing link in a lot of this is the hard business skills, because they're skills, you, you know, you're not born with them. The hard business skills to make these, turn these side bets into real long-term strategically significant going concerns. And we, I know listeners to the podcast will know because you heard from Soraya, who was one of our first change makers to go through this program of real mentoring and skills development sessions and tutelage from industry experts on you know the boring stuff the tax how do you incorporate the ip these things really really matter yeah if you're trying to if you're trying to scale your thing yeah i mean it's taught me personally you know i run a business and to to, to run this thing at a point where I can kind of make it operate as a going concern. Obviously, it's taken me like 20 years of, of learning to exactly. get there. Exactly. You know? And we wanted to accelerate that. Yeah. We want to turn that 20 years into, you know, I'm not talking about you turn it around tomorrow. We want to turn it into... Yeah, you want to fast track it. want to fast track it and yeah. give people the confidence to know that their, their organization has got a future and to figure out what's not right with it. And, you know, because like, how many iterations did you have to go through to... Yeah got to where you are yeah, now exactly, right exactly <laughs> yeah um so the, the 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 really really exciting thing is that um we uh there was absolute common purpose around the table so the brands that were involved and a lot of expertise that came in from the wider outdoors community um from festivals to event managers to comms people um uh, to uh, people that were you know had expertise in training mountain leaders we all came together backed this project funded it and put um uh 10 community groups through this program to sharpen their business noose uh with funding at the end yeah with the grant funding at the end to push them on to that next level yeah uh and um, yeah, we look, we've, we have launched. And so this is my kind of um, bold and direct plug. If you are a brand or an organization and you want to be involved in supporting the next cohort, please go to our website, 
Uh, if you are a community group and you've got a thing, you've got a project, and you want to know more about uh, the the Changemaker program, and you and you want to apply to it, please go to the website. Let us know. We want to hear from you. We want support, and we want to support you. I'm just going to talk a little bit about the stages of the development of Alto, or I think we should, because I do think it's important to be as transparent as possible about this. So yep, obviously yep. we've talked a little bit about, you know, my, my recollection of it is because I was involved as a, in a sort of like consultative role, if you like. Mm. Um, and it's important to say, that obviously, we all did that on a volunteer basis to, to sort of help again facilitate this. So initially there was a loose group formed, wasn't there? And, 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 and the, so it was brands, it was people in the industry. Yeah. Um, there was marketing people from different brands. So I'll name a few of the brands, Arcteryx, Adidas, Berghaus, Finisterre, Vivo. Um, Patagonia. Patagonia, obviously. TNF. TNF. Yeah, who am I missing? Um, I, I, I hope you've got all of them. And if we've missed anyone, Apologies. we're very sorry. Yeah, so there was that, there was that group. And then, and then there, was, there was people like myself who've yeah. obviously got an interest in this and who've been active in this conversation for a while it was you it was phil yeah uh, the oia outdoor industries association kendall mountain festival kendall and steve Leeds yeah. beckett who'd done a bunch of research that they shared national parks yeah you know so really like you're talking big, big broad group yeah bmc big broad group people that are absolutely invested yeah in the health and, and future of outdoor adventure so we spent about a year i'm gonna say um having monthly meetings where we're, essentially initially it was like what we're we gonna do wasn't yeah. it it was yeah, like yeah. okay what can we actually do that's tangible and this led to the idea of this, of this, like, like we said, well, let's rather than us come up with our own thing, you know, let's actually, you know, harness our collective sway um, and budgets. Let's be honest, because all the brands we should say, as you've mentioned, put money in to facilitate this. Let's do that, and like you say, use that to find people that we can help and fast track. So that was kind of the initial process. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, to do that is a complicated thing. So we should talk about Hatch's involvement, I think, at this point, because that was then the, the, the next phase of this, wasn't it? Okay, that's a good idea, but how do you actually make that a working reality? And at mm-hmm. that point, we, we decided to work with the third party called Hatch, didn't we? So can you explain a little bit about what their role in this is? Yeah, correct. So uh, one of our... Um, the, the, the beauty of this... Uh, kind of behemoth coalition is that we immediately realized we had a huge amount of expertise around the table and uh, one of our um, uh, one of our leaders is a woman called Dulma Clark who um, works for Vivo Barefoot um, and she wears many hats she's a human rights lawyer uh, and she is her her kind of business history she has been massively involved in running community accelerators and entrepreneurship schemes um and there there was absolutely a recognition around the room that no none of us wanted to reinvent the wheel and 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 actually the expertise lay in the people that were already doing the work and so the best role for us was to accelerate the work that was already being done yeah and Dorma said, well, I have worked with a um, specialist um, entrepreneur, entrepreneurship accelerator called Hatch who work specifically with minoritized groups. Again, pardon the phrase if, if it's not quite what you're expecting. Um, uh, and she introduced us to Hatch and Hatch were really interested in 
providing the or they they already had a process yeah. a kind of mini nba process so given our timeline given how messy we were and we are still messy although we have now set up our own charity so that will get a lot easier um uh, hatch were able to very very quickly uh import our idea into their existing kind of mini mba structure or training course structure and create an outdoor focused um uh, business catalyst scheme yeah uh, so some of it was, you know, conventional law and IP, um, but it was the, the cohort that we pulled together were all there from an outdoors background and able to support each other. Um, so within really once we'd once we decided what we wanted to do within a matter of months, we had this up and running and because so many of the group had very long standing relationships with a lot of these community groups, we um, received applications very, very quickly. Well, and we, and we, we that process. Around. We did a soft launch at Candle, we should say, shouldn't we, as well? Because, like I said, I just want to, because I'm sure there's so many questions that people have listened. So, yeah. Um, so, our next step was that we did it. We did it. We invited a lot of these groups to Candle, didn't we? And we did a launch and we basically said, like, this is what we're doing and we want, we want to invite people to apply yeah and we want to we want you to share this among the community so that we can get as many applications as possible and the and the nature of that launch was really important because it was also a way for us to scope need yeah um it was it was a it was a workshop stroke launch we want to do this tell us what you're exactly tell us the barriers that you are facing in trying to scale your side bet uh would this training program be of interest please propagate it amongst the people that you know applications are now yeah and we are going to turn this you know kendall's in november and we uh we were we had the scheme up and running um uh early in early the next year 22 yeah. it's hard to remember what year it is yeah, isn't no, it? No. especially when you're <laughs> my age that's the post pandemic uh, <laughs> what year is it again yeah. um yeah and at that point we made the decision as well like to not basically go public with it until we'd finished a cohort didn't we because i think one of the important things to say as well is like we're all quite wary of blundering in there and you know being the saviors of like oh we're going to come in and like sort this conversation out you know that was a very i'm not going to say concern but that was certainly something we were mindful of when we were when we were planning like firstly what what it was going to look like and then be how we we're going to communicate it which is a bit more the role that i had in it yeah and I think that's important, isn't it? Because we decided, okay, well, we'll launch. We'll, we'll, and then, so people applied and it went through Hatch's process, didn't it? At that point, effectively, it got handed over. I think you were involved, weren't you, in the application process? Yeah, and, and in, interestingly, we have just been through a, um, been through a learning review. And, you know, as, as you would, I think, with or should at least with any project or program, what works well, what needs to change. And because we needed to do things so quickly, we, we had um, uh, we created an application process that had, had a, another layer of uh, kind of the scrutiny, um, which actually slowed things down a little bit. So we now know we can do it even quicker and even better. Yeah. So we've learned an awful lot. Hatch did the initial applications because they're used to it. Yeah. Then Phil young friend of the podcast the, the ubiquitous myself, indeed as the prefix that should be <laughs> and and we actually had help and i must thank him publicly hannibal morris who um 
is a, uh, a um, he works for Sport England as a um, uh, he looks across the kind of the whole funding environment and looks at um, which kinds of groups are doing what. So he was absolutely invaluable in helping us think through the applications in that process. He he helped us too. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that all happened super quick and we um, got to where we got to. Yeah, so we, we had the first intake. They've basically spent the last six months going through the program. That That's now finished. Um, and 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 then we've kind of now more formally launched it out into the world, haven't we? And obviously that's the the reason why we're now having this conversation. Even though I've been pushing to have this for about six months, and everyone <laughs> keeps saying no, no, too soon. Yeah, and 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 you know, I think one of the one of the things that we were all mindful of the way that we created the launch was yeah, of course, there, there, there was some there was some fairly. Um, structural stuff that we had to the organization had to go through to incorporate as a charity to have a long-term future which you know frankly is a little bit dull mm. but it's really really important they're the governance like, they're the bits i wasn't involved in <laughs> but but you know like you can no, you can I'm have all bells and whistles obviously. and the rest of it and, and matt we know we we know you had our back but there was a lot of work that had to that had to go we had to go through to merge with another with a pan-european charity called um, it's great out there. The it's great out there coalition, which is yeah. part of the European Outdoor Group, and all everybody involved in this knew that for it to have legs, it needed to be scalable and it needed to be able to operate across Europe. Yeah, which and is so a key, which is a key point. Sorry to talk over you. I think because one of the one of the points that came up quite early in in our conversations was the different pace of the conversation shall we say in different different markets different Correct. areas of europe yeah. you know like how the fact that perhaps the tenor of the conversation is different in the uk than it might be in other european countries so that was obviously something we needed to kind of factor in as well right which is where that kind of came from uh yeah um and i think all of all of the most of the organizations and brands operate across europe so um if you if you can create something that works in one market and and what you know some some people may take issue of this but i think there's a relatively common understanding that some of the work going on in the uk is um quite dynamic compared to some of the other markets and then when you look at what's happening in the states you know i i, I would say they're you know significantly ahead of us and certainly I, I would, much more aware of it i would agree and a lot of those brands have north american so obviously including canada um where the discussion around um you know first nations people is again different but much more vocal in lots of ways all of that knowledge and expertise we are hoping has been absorbed by the group and in a way that helps us to accelerate the work of the people that are already doing it and that kind of takes us back to the PR piece and the the launch we wanted to make sure that we did it in a way that allowed encouraged foregrounded the, the, the storytelling from the participants so you know yeah we've launched but actually it's the stories of those people like Soraya yeah that are most important yeah you know, I'm honestly I'm the pen pusher in this man yeah exactly and I think well not exactly you're more than that Kami <laughs> really really I am I've, I've got a load of spreadsheets I can share with you if oh, you like yeah yeah, yeah they, they work 
great on a podcast, but, don't they? But you know what I mean, though. Like we, that was why one of the reasons why we decided to launch now, because obviously it's better to tell this story through the through the people that are doing it rather than just be like, oh, we've launched this fund, like blah blah blah, you know. Yeah. And I think that is, is yeah, it's been really great to see it go through a cycle and to see everybody's reaction. It's also been great to get the feedback, and as you say there's been some great forthright feedback there's been some you know this is why we could improve things this is how yeah um and there's a lot of stuff that we can improve because we started quickly we wanted to we wanted to get it you know we didn't want this to be yeah it's going to take another year yeah well i mean that brings you know? me to this sort of transparency point actually which i do want to talk about because i've i've, I've used the word previously in the conversation and you know there it can look like a bit of a fit up can't it you know like it's obviously an accusation when when um things like this happen mm. you know like, well who appointed you lot mm-hmm. like why 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 are you lot doing this and i i've certainly had that a few mm. times from people when i've discussed this like oh yeah you're doing that like why 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 are you doing that who are mm. you to do that mm. uh, and i do think it's a fair point that's worth addressing you mm. know um i don't think it's fair well all right it's you know, it's a point look, worth addressing let's say no, no, look, well uh, it, look i think and it's magnanimous of you to um but you know the who are you to do this well well, what, who else is doing what? You know, we did something, right? And uh, the the pace of the pace of the need of the intervention was uh, was high, and um, we got it up and running, and it, and it's a transparent application process, and uh, and Hatch are delivery partner they do this for a living not just in our industry they do it um across many industries so you know show devil's avocado yeah exactly devil's (laughs) avocado indeed and but but what i would but what is more important than anything else is that we are a that we are alive and alert to the quality of what we are actually doing. Yeah. You know, like every fund everywhere, every training program everywhere has to start from somewhere. It's somebody's idea. You just, you get it off off the ground and get it rolling, don't you? Yeah. But scrutiny is definitely important, obviously, which is why, which is why I wanted to, to kind of put, put it front and center a little bit. Yeah. 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 So to reiterate, we've launched, we've got, we've had a cohort gone through. Yeah. And, and, And sorry, just, but to add to that, you know, we are, um this isn't some kind of solo mission no there have been i mean it's been a it's been a box of frogs it's <laughs> been <laughs> it's been mad trying to trying to get this together and to make it happen mm. there have already been dozens you know the 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 cc invite list to the kind of erstwhile management committee there's about 40 people yeah. on this zoom call Okay, and it happened that way because it happened organically. And someone would say, you know what, I've got somebody who's really good on impact and that this is what they do. They evaluate, um, you know, uh, social community investments. I think they'd be really valuable. Can I bring them along? Of course, we could have kind of put a call out a year ago and said, well, in six months, can you please submit your CV? We really need And we'd still be talking about it. But that does lead me on to something really important. Now that we have launched, governance is so important that mm. we get this right. And we are now looking for trustees uh, to join the steering council. So when we, when we talk about, when we talk about um, 
scrutiny and doing things right. We have we have done all the boring back end. We've got a project that's up and running. Yes, it's going to need to change. We know that. Um, now is the time for anybody who and and really all of you listening, who think that you might have something to contribute we want to hear from you we haven't mapped out the uh, trustee skill set yet but that's happening um and and again we've got the thing up and running and we could have not had the thing up and running and be asking for tr trustees now yeah but we've at, at least we've got we've had a bunch of change makers through the process already and we now know what has worked and what needs to be worked on right so actually out of a very very difficult messy situation i think we've arrived at a place where we've created something um that is very stable uh and has vision and has scale and and now is the time that we need to bring on the full breadth of the community that are listening to this to get involved and help us take this uh you know on its journey from a a fledgling pilot in the UK um, with with you know financial backing from a handful of brands training a handful of community groups in hard business skills now is the time to help us grow this and tell us what we haven't done right but now's the time to do that yeah so please again go to the website yeah let us know you'd like to be a trustee we need you we really we we really need your help. Yeah. We really do. And we, we hope that we've created something that is going to fundamentally change the way that the outdoors has historically not been as welcoming as it should be for, for people of colour. I'm going to I'm going to put a, you know a dolly up as they call it in cricket like um because you know one of the themes that we talk about quite how are you doing for time you're right uh well funny enough I've got to go meet I've got to go meet Phil and Hatch our delivery partner okay. in a bit we got no, about got, 10 yeah, we? yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah cool um so you know one of the things that I always I've talked about this a lot on the podcast and one of the things that and you've alluded to it with the different pace of the conversation in the states and the UK yeah. and in different markets and stuff and I also really I would say the you know, we are a little cultural backwater as the outdoors industry in a lot of ways. Like, we're, we're, quite often, there's a big gap between the where the where the mainstream conversation is around these issues and where it is in our little, you know, niche. Let's say, you know, where I'm going with this. Um, and whenever things like this come up, and it do, I've I've discussed this at length on the podcast. Mm. Um, you know, well, uh, you know, what? Why is there a problem? Everyone's welcome. No one's mm. telling them they can't go. Like, what's the big deal? You mm. know, it's the class. I mean, I remember being at Kendall seeing phil do a talk on the stage and getting you know barracked really by this guy who came over who was visibly fuming and was and was pretty much accusing him of you know being divisive and creating the it's a well-worn trope mm. so mm. and people listen to it i guarantee will be thinking that we'll mm. be thinking like well what you know what like the, 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 this just creates more division you know so what go on give me give me your answer to that i do think it's important to bring this up because it is as much as it's well-worn territory in the in the mainstream world there are still people in our world that that have a problem with this let's say so mm. what, what what would you say to that yeah I, like i'm i'm almost thinking i don't even want to have the conversation 
um, and let me put some caveats in there because as I've as I said to you I have generally always felt very comfortable in the outdoors now there are reasons for that uh, when I was pretty young I'd go walking with my mum so I kind of had an ingrained you know and we didn't live in London we lived all over the place lived in Northern Ireland lived in Yorkshire etc so I kind of had a sense of what it did for me um, physically and emotionally um, and then I was pretty sporty so still are <laughs> I've just seen the number of bikes you've got in the living room <laughs> unfortunately they don't get and plus written. 10 <laughs> yeah I like that formula um, uh, so I've never really minded making a fool out of myself trying new stuff because I like the process of trying mm. new stuff um, but there have been times throughout my kind of outdoors life working in a ski shop when I was 18 and just having you know people joking about my lot not you know how what are you doing in the mountains aren't you you know I'm not going to repeat the the slurs doing ski seasons and in the states you know being subjected to very very direct language that again I'm not going to repeat smutty jokes in Austria when I did another all all now I kind of I was able to walk through that because um I had my Batfink shield on and, and that, but I think it hurt you know obviously it, it hurt me on a, on a deep level but um but there are many people who will not be able to tolerate that and to that and 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 be put off and when you add on to that the fact that we are a relatively urbanized community you know we've got 14 percent of British people um, identify themselves as being uh, black or brown um, yet you know we look at the different data sets it's not consistent but they but what you know natural England one percent of visitors to national parks are are um, from from our more diverse ethnic communities um, those those stats don't add up and it's not and it's not as simple as saying well we just live in the city and um, and black and brown people don't have money we do have money we do go on holiday and what I loop back to is I get so much joy I get so much joy from hiking up sharp edge with my nine-year-old niece um, and just enjoying the process going for a walk in the South Downs or bikepacking round Garda as I'm about to do tomorrow I want to do everything I possibly can to spread the joy and the love for their for the sake of our physical and emotional health and as well as the as well as the the direct and really unpleasant and unsettling infrequent as they are acts of racism that put people off and tell people that they're not welcome i think we are increasingly aware that the the construction of the outdoors 
as a as as a as a concept it has historically been the gnarled wizened white guy in a puffer jacket and a beard enduring uh you know the the the, the most um inclement of conditions and it's about conquest and overcoming suffer fast and all that yeah and it and it creates a culture that explicitly and implicitly says if you are a um 60 year old uh woman from um with of pakistani heritage who chooses to cover and doesn't have an athletic body shape what are you doing here this ain't for you and i just think that that's not okay in 2022 it's not okay that all of our citizens don't have every opportunity to explore the 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 playground and nourishing green and pleasant land that is that is our country and anyone who doesn't understand those barriers i'd really like you to go away and have a think about it and and not come to this from a position of you know i i don't understand we're not taking anything away you know and then you, you go back to that you know this is going to be a bit of a weird metaphor but you know kind of no mates on powder day we all know that's bollocks yeah <laughs> <laughs> we so all know glad, that's bollocks, so don't glad, we? I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, look, man, it's all about, yeah, of course, some, sometimes you want to go for a walk on your own. But actually, it's not about that. It's no. about enjoying it with other people. It's the point. The point of it is that. God, yeah. 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 Well, powerfully put as ever. You got to go. Thank you so much, man. And thanks for uh, thanks for doing it. Well, I thank you for, um, you know, you've been a great champion of this work, Matt. So, um, I appreciate the, the the opportunity to come and talk to you and to talk to all of you listening. And please, you know, please support what we're doing. And if you can't support or are unable to, then think about other other people doing this kind of work. And um, can I just say one more thing? Yeah, of course. Yeah. The other really, really big piece of work that we've done at Alto, um, which um, you're going to hear much more about is how we can support people and brands and allies yeah I wish that, yeah you're right this is a fairly glaring oversight i'm glad you no it, it, it <laughs> was, it you was this cur up. curtailed by my diary um these conversations are not necessarily easy believe me they are harder for people of color because it's traumatic it's difficult i don't really want to be talking about the times that I have been called X, Y, or Z. It's not nice. Brands are increasingly using a di very diverse, and I, and I include other people who are marginalized. You know, one of the, one of the change makers that we, um, that took part in the course is um, a trans filmmaker. So. For it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Who you should have on the show. Yeah. Um, and, um, I know that it is actually much more powerful 
for for somebody like me who you know is um identifies male i've got two kids the rest of it to to have a discussion argument call it what you will with somebody about trans rights then it might be for somebody who is who is having to deal with that particular intersection of, of discrimination themselves so brands are increasingly using diverse people to market their products doing editorial with diverse people and there is pushback there is always pushback because you know i'm just going to call it out some neanderthal will come out of a rock and say yeah and oftentimes brands don't know how to manage that conversation so they've entered that space um, you know, let's say with good intention, let's assume it's not just because they want to shift more product, but whatever. Um, and and that discussion is unmanaged and is massively toxic and ends up being really, really painful and difficult for the people that, that for the for the whoever it is who's been part of that campaign or story. So what we've worked on is a toolkit and a commitment for brands and organizations to manage hate speech, manage their brands, manage their social channels, and also to dive in where they see that conversation getting out of hand elsewhere. Because this doesn't just work if one brand looks after itself only. We've got to do this together. We've got to step in and say, you know what? That's not cool, man. Mm. That that's you're not being very nice. Can you not say that, please? And 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 oftentimes, you know, the reality. Oftentimes, social managers for a brand they might be 22 without a huge. It's net, an, you know, we've got very, to help people. It's a very have that. nuanced conversation. Let's put it that way. And yeah. yeah, so the online allyship commitment is is what we've put together to to help people do this. I mean, quick final point from me. I think one of the things that I was kind of flabbergasted about was the fact that you know you were you referred earlier to like how much of it was designed by committee alto wasn't it like <laughs> to a ridiculous degree which yeah. never works <laughs> so you know initially i remember looking at that first meeting thinking jesus how's this gonna, how's this what kind work? of camel is going to come but out i just thought it was really interesting because i think the dynamic was different it was no hierarchy mm. it was very collaborative very much um, so. I was really impressed with the way people stepped in and said, I can do that. There was no I've got ego. Here. There was no ego. And everyone was very careful to do that. And I kind of, one of the things selfish that I took from it was, was like that lesson, really. The fact that when you park the hierarchy, when you park that, and, and you don't make it a pissing contest about who's doing more and who's, then you can actually achieve something quite significant because, and that was really important. You know, and I think. I'm pretty sure it was Alex, maybe whose initial idea it was to have that, Alex Weller from Patagonia, to have that initial conversation yeah. way back when. And I think we should flag that because that was a that was a pretty visionary decision. You know, it's like, actually, well, we're all doing this stuff desperately. Mm. Mm. What can we do together? Yeah. And that was a quietly groundbreaking little thing, that, which, yeah. which led to this. Yeah, I, th I, I think also um, all of the brands recognized that we are, that, um, if if this was a branded, if this was under a particular brand's banner, yeah. then for obvious commercial reasons, everyone would, else would be like, well, we're not interested. And there was none of that. And, there right. was no, and I think everybody, I think that just deserves mentioning because I think that's what gave it the momentum, really. And that's what enabled it. Because you were right. I mean, there was like 50 people on some of those calls. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I was a bit like, how the fuck is this going to work? <laughs> we're not going to get anything done here. You yeah. know, 
but yeah anyway you gotta go um thank you so much it's been a pleasure yeah and an honor <laughs> i'll be i'll be posting my 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 bikepacking trip around garda i've just looked at the weather how's it looking it's wet on saturday no, you'd be, yeah you're, you're a veteran yeah. you love it freezing you love it. yeah this can i geek out for a minute go for it freezing level 1800 meters on saturday with snow right on my bike type two fun definitely <laughs> <laughs> but then it warms up yeah brilliant <laughs> all right let's do it so there you go that was me and Kami, and i hope you enjoyed it yeah i feel really fortunate to have played a minor part in the group that helped put this scheme together and I've been endlessly inspired by Kami and Phil's leadership uh, in particular. But there's a lot of people did great work. I'm thinking of um, Lou from Patagonia, Barbara. Um, I'm also thinking of Pi, the agency that put the website together and were involved in the initial report. As you might have gathered, there's a lot of talented people involved. And uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing where it leaves. You can find out more about Alto at the website www.openinguptheoutdoors.com where you can find out about the program the online allyship commitment the people behind it details of the next intake and uh, you can find the contact details to find out more about trusteeship and if you're a brand getting involved and donating you can also find out more about Kami by following him over at nzerem n-z-e-r-e-m on instagram thanks for listening and for supporting type 2 generally i release new episodes of type 2 every month or so through my usual Looking Sideways channel. You can subscribe via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or indeed on my Substack, lookingsideways.substack.com. You can find the entire Type 2 back catalogue and the entire archive of my main Looking Sideways podcast too. Over 200 interviews with some of the biggest names in action sports and other related endeavours. If you like this, you probably quite enjoy that as well. All right, nice one. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time. <laughs>